You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart. Kansas State is off to a 2-0 start in the Big 12, thanks to a win over UCF to open things up at home followed by a win at West Virginia on the road on Tuesday. K-State's looking to go 3-0 against Texas Tech on Saturday. We'll dive into everything that's been going on with K-State Hoops. Clint, it's been a few weeks, so we've really got a lot to discuss uh, with Hoops. And, you know, K-State, you can say what you want about West Virginia and the, the situation going on out there. And UCF, that win didn't look so good at the time, but uh, coming off win over KU, that now does look like a good win um, over UCF. And so it doesn't matter how you get these wins in the Big 12. Wins are wins on the road. And then at home to defend that is also key. So being 2-0 is 2-0 in the Big 12. Um, before we dive into things, Clint, uh, a quick message here from our sponsor. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their, their ranch is located just north of Manhattan. Proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagoo.com. Clint, man, I just, I don't know where we go here to start. You know, there's been a lot, you know, I think the Wichita State game, we haven't even had a chance to dive into that. I think it's probably too dated to dive into each of those previous games. Um, So just overall, the last three, four weeks for K-State Hoops, a 2-0 start in Big 12 play. How do you assess things? Yeah, I mean, starting 2-0 in the Big 12 is uh, is obviously great right where you want to be. Uh, it's tough in the conference, uh, as we know. And so um, for us, you know, getting our the first game at home, I think, was really good for us. Um, saw our home crowd there, and, and, and obviously we played really, really well. Um, and then going on the road in Morgantown, a tough place to play, um, you, you know. But for us, I think one of the things that we saw early on with this team is, you know, going in at LSU and, and getting a win on the road obviously gave us confidence on and playing on the road in a hostile environment. And, um, you know, so it was good for us to, to go out there and, and get that win. And, you know, say so when you're two and oh, it doesn't matter how you get it. You just got to, you got to, got to, you know, one, one day at a time, want to know each, each game. And um, it lets us, you know, puts us in a situation. Now we're sitting, you know, in a good spot in the big 12 and uh, another big game coming, coming up. So uh, hopefully we can go three and oh. Quez Glover, expecting to get him back around New Year's, and he suffers a setback probably out for the year. Um, that's tough. It's a tough blow for this team, no doubt about it. But next man up, right? I mean, that's just got to be the mentality for for the rest of those players, especially those guards. Yeah, it's always next man up. And, and you know, I think we're seeing uh, Dorian Finister starting to play uh, more minutes, and I think he's playing really well. And um, I like to 
uh, liken it to just doing your job, you know, and, and that, that's what we call it. It's like, you know, he's getting out there, he's playing hard, he's defending, he's rebounding a little bit. Um, you know, I, I mentioned him early on, um, his ability to be able to shoot the basketball over the last two games, you know, he's been more aggressive getting dunks at, at the rim, which, which is really good. Uh, but like I said, I just liken that to, you know, doing your job. And, and that's what each guy has to do is when they get out there on the floor, go do their job to help the team win. And, and so it is next guy up and next guy has to be ready to do their job. Yeah, Finister has been huge, man. I mean, what's next for him? You know, he's kind of come in and he's had four games now where his minutes have increased game by game. Uh, I think he's had about 15 minutes per game over these last four. And so he's playing well, um, but he's sort of just been more of a role player, right? You know, come in, give you some solid defense, provide that good energy. Obviously, you mentioned the dunks, right? All six of his points against West Virginia were from dunks. And so he's shown that you know, he can raise up his ceiling, but what is the next step for Finister to now get more comfortable? Um, you know, as he's gotten more comfortable, I should say to now, okay, now you start hitting some of those shots. You start being more assertive on offense and being more of a, a difference maker or Clint, should I say maybe, maybe even the X factor for this team? Yeah. I, I, I mean, like I said, I, I've been really pleased and happy to see him get some minutes and be able to produce the way he has, you know, I think for now, um, you know, he's stepping into a role that, that's obviously needed. You know, we got multiple guys that can score, uh, but it still doesn't take away um, the opportunity that he might have to be able to, to space the floor and be able to knock down shots. You know, if you look at the games that, that we have lost so far, we've shot poorly from, from three, you know, and so, uh, you, you know, I think he has the ability to space the floor for us and be able to knock down shots, um, especially in, in the games that, that we struggle. We know there's going to be another game we're going to struggle shooting, um, so he has to be ready to go and do that. So a couple stats I want to throw out to you about that. So games that we've lost, um, you know, you look at Nebraska, we went four for 30 from three. Uh, you know, Miami went four for 28 from three. USC we went eight for 33 from three. Um, so, you, you know, you, you look at those games, you say, man, if we would have made some shots from the outside, you know, those could have been a different outcome. And so he has to be ready to step up and produce when that opportunity comes, you know, for us when we're struggling from the outside as well. Clinton's doing his research before this episode. He's got some <laughs> numbers for us. So, yeah, even if it's not Dorian Finister, um, I think the door isn't necessarily shut on R.J. Jones to become that sharpshooter. Day Day Ames has maybe hit a little bit of a wall, um, but he's still shown his upside. And so, I think Finister right now is probably the odds on favorite to become that guy. But I mean, there's still a handful of guys. It's very cliche to say this. I'm sure as a coach, you preach this all the time. Um, but it's true to just stay locked in, um, treat every game like you're going to go in and play, even if it's been a month like it was for Finister. He didn't see the court for a whole 30 days. And I think it's, it's, it's pretty clear and obvious that he treated every day in practice, every pregame warm-up, shoot around like he was going to play in these games. And that's all it takes is just be ready when, you're, when your name is called. Yeah, you got to be ready, and, and it's chopping wood. You know, each and every day in practice, you got to chop chop wood. You got to be ready for for when that tree is going to fall, and when that tree falls, that means now it's your time to step in on the court and produce. You know, and so uh, for him, you know, you can't get discouraged. You know, in those times where, you, where you're chopping wood, you got to trust in the work that you're putting in. And you see that he's been doing that, um, and now it's paying off. And so um, he's getting more comfortable on the floor, which is really good. And, and you know, you hope some of our freshmen. You know, you talk about Day Day Ames. Um, you know, I think the last two games he's been a combined 0 for 8 uh, from, from the field, um, you know, struggled a, l a little bit. Um, but it's all a learning process for him. You know, this, this is all new and, and it's going to get, um, as we see, when you get into the Big 12, um, it becomes tougher. I mean, the opponents know each other. And even though they say, well, US, UCF, we, you know, we haven't played them. It's, it's a different feeling when you get into the Big 12 uh, conference. And so um, we hope that, you know, as he becomes more comfortable 
playing in the conference and, 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 and thinks he will be, you know, start playing like he did early on in the season. And so um, each guy has to be ready because when the number's called, uh, you know, it's your turn to step in there and, and produce. And then you got to go out there and, and not only produce, but that, that obviously gains uh, confidence from the coaches that you can step into that moment um, and, and help the team win. And that's ultimately what it's about. David Gasson, um, he's one of those players that I think the last time we recorded an episode, honestly, we were talking about, okay, how can he kick things into that next gear? Because let's be honest, he was struggling a little bit, um, but his hard work has clearly paid off, and he's been a difference maker. I think the Wichita State game was sort of his um, breakout game, so to speak, and since then he's just been not only scoring the basketball but rebounding, you know, doing everything for this team. How important has that surge from uh, been from Gasson. You know, I almost stopped you when you said David Gasson. So that's all you need to say. He's been <laughs> right. So well, uh, just David Gasson, um, you know, but, but you look at, you know, his length and activity, um, you know, defensively, he can disrupt some things, but uh, he's been scoring the ball here lately. I think the entire season he's been rebounding, which is really good. So, um, you know, his rebounding wise, getting about eight and a half a game, uh, three and a half offensive rebounds. That's getting us extra shot opportunities. Um, you know, and he continues to do that. I mean, that that's what we ask. You know, I think the scoring piece of it, um, I, won't, I won't call it bonus, but it's just an added, uh, you know, like cherry on the top of him getting in there and, and scoring for us and then giving us another option. And, you know, with this team, there's multiple guys that can step up on any given night and, and obviously lead us in scoring, you know, and, and the more guys that play well and the more guys that play up to their potential in their role, then the better, you know, we're going to be. And so, um, you know, he, he's playing well, you know, he has to continue to, uh, to, to be humble in it, continue to work, continue to, to push, uh, get better. And, and, and obviously he's helping us win basketball games. So uh, he's, man, he's, he's been phenomenal his last few. Him and Will McNair have kind of been a one-two punch down low in the paint, huh? They have been. They have been. And Will's been doing a good job as well, scoring a little bit and rebounding. And, um, you know, he's physical, which I think is, is what we need and it allows us to even start a, a bigger lineup. You know, we did talk about Will and David and, and Arthur um, as your three, four, and five. Um, you know, and then obviously Cam has, has some size as well for, for a shooting guard. And so, um, you know, just gives us more length, uh, more, more physicality inside as well. Um, and it, so far it's voted well. Uh, as far as the wings go, you know, Tyler Perry, I, I think we talked about this with uh, Quez Glover's, you know, potential return. What do you do with Perry? Do you let him play off the ball, continue what's going on? That's all out the window. So I'm sure this staff is you know, quickly adjusted to knowing they're not going to have Quez Glover. But for Perry, does this really change anything for him? Do you want to see him at the one, the two? Uh, how, do you, how do you proceed now that you don't have Quez Glover and you add in the fact that, you know, maybe Ames has taken a little bit of a step back as well? What, what does Ames yeah. do here? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think he can play a little bit of both. I mean, obviously at the one, you know, one thing that uh, maybe doesn't get talked enough about with Perry is he's averaging, you know, five assists a game, you know, and for a sure. point guard. So he's finding his teammates. He's doing a really good job. Even the nights where he doesn't shoot it well, he's still getting five assists a game. Um, and, and so so that's really good, you know, so he's doing some good things there. I think we do have to find, you know, opportunities to, to move him off the ball just to get him, um, you know, coming off of screens, you know, maybe getting some easier looks uh, rather than having to kind of create himself, you know. And, and so uh, I think there will be opportunities there, but, but that all depends upon, you know, as, as we mentioned, Data Ames stepping up and into his role and being able to, being able to come in and control the offense, which allows Perry to move off the ball a little bit, right? And so, um, you know, that puts us at more of a three guard lineup with with uh, obviously Ames, Perry, and, and Cam, and maybe move Arthur to the four in those lineups. Um, you know, which you know if we want to play maybe a little bit faster if we need to, 
um, and, and just bring more more shooting into the game. So, um, you know, uh, he, he's going to have to be able to do both, you know, but I think he's been doing well so far. Like I said, even the games he struggled, he's still uh, distributing the basketball and making sure that other guys are getting open opportunities, which has been really good. We're kind of just going down the line here, player by player. Uh, Jarrell Colbert, he's been a, another one of those guys that, you know, really hadn't played much. And against West Virginia, you know, it was his time. He didn't score. I don't know if he scored at all. Um, but he had a few, you know, blocks. He was a solid rim protector for K-State in that game. And, you know, he passed the eye test with flying colors in that game. And so, Colbert, that's another one of those guys where, are you going to play him night in and night out? You know, probably not. That's not where things are right now with him. But when he does, you know, check in and and he provides that good, you know, good performance, that's got to be encouraging for K-State staff. Yeah, it really is. And it gives us another uh, dimension off the bench, you know, and we you talk about if Will gets in foul trouble or, or David, you know, gives you another big, big guy you can bring in. And, and it, go, it all goes back to, to what I mentioned earlier is just, you know, doing your job. And so he comes in, he gets a couple block shots, he gets four rebounds, um, you, you know, and that, those are the things we need from, from him. You know, obviously scoring opportunities are probably going to come off of ball screen rolling or offensive rebound putbacks, um, you know, rather than just, you know, straight posting up and throwing it inside. So he just has to be ready to produce when that time comes. And uh, obviously he got that opportunity against West Virginia, played about six, seven minutes um, and, and played well, you know. And so um, those things, he gains confidence in himself. Coaches gain confidence in him that they can to put him back out there in, in situations that, that we need him, and uh, he's got to continue to, to do those things that he does well. Do Cam Carter, Arthur Kaluma, and Tyler Perry need some help as the three sort of stars on this team, or do you think that those guys can just all get it done? You know, I talked about this in an article uh, earlier in the week about Dorian Finister maybe being that guy. Does K State need at <clears throat> least, you know a guy or Finister to be that guy to be sort of the X factor, or can those three? you know, get it done in the big 12. Well, I, I love having you know, someone come off the bench. And, and when you bring someone off the bench, you don't lose the intensity. You don't lose uh, the production um, coming off the bench. And, and so I, I think we we're still looking for, you know, that guy. And then obviously Dorian has kind of stepped into that role the last two games. Um, I think that's going to be important for, for us to, to obviously have some, some true, some good success uh, here in, in the Big 12 season. Um, so hopefully that, that can happen. Now, we talk about our, our, our top three guys with, with Cam and Tyler and, and Arthur. Um, you know, they're averaging about 45, 46 points, uh, you know, collectively um, together. And so that's really good. Um, David's obviously stepping up and playing really well. We talked about Will's playing well. Um, but, you know, when you get in the Big 12, um, any given night, I mean, guys are going to have off nights. Uh, there's going to be foul trouble. Um, you know, it's going to get tougher to score. And so you really need a punch off the bench that can come in and that can produce. And so hopefully Dorian can be that guy, you know, and, and if it's not one of the, you know, maybe Day-Day can fall back into a role that can really help us, you know, off the bench. But we're definitely going to need some production there as well. How much does Dorian remind you <clears throat> remind you of uh, Desi Sills from last year coming off of the bench I know he became more of a starter as the year progressed, but early on he was that energy guy to come in off the bench and give you a boost. Yeah, yeah, and, and Dorian can do those things. You know, he's he's athletic. Um, you know, I think he uses that really well. He can defend, you know, and obviously we know Desi could defend, um, you know, and he can get to the rim, and, and I think he can shoot the ball as well. And, you know, he hadn't had as much opportunity shooting from the, from the outside, but he has to stay ready for those opportunities, and um, it's going to be big. You know, anytime you can, like I said, bring someone off the bench, and we saw it last year with Desi, just the energy he brought, uh, you know, you can just feel it just uplifted the team. Um, and, you know, Dorian you know, can fall into that role for us if he continues to do those things. I, I don't want to say we're beating a dead horse here, um, 
but Dorian Finister, just his recent surge, like we shouldn't be surprised by it, right? Because our, you know, all these RJ Jones, you know, Day Day Ames, Colbert, you know, Manning had a solid game. These guys that maybe aren't playing much, um, everybody's shown their flashes. And and I think Jerome Tang has kind of sort of downplayed what Finister has done, not because he's not pleased with his performance, but just because that's what's expected. Um, you know, you're you are a college athlete here on this Big Twelve program. It's kind of you know, expected, required that you to step in like we talked about earlier Earlier, when your number is called. And so um, I don't know if I have a, a question for you or just if you have any thoughts on this, but it just seems like, you know, Tang has sort of downplayed things a little bit with not only Finister, but anybody coming off the bench. It's just like, yeah, when it's this guy's turn, he's going to step in and play well. When it's that guy's turn, he's going to step in and play well. Yeah, well, I think it's all it all goes back to the, uh, the, the high expectation, you know, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and, you know, the coaching staff and, uh, and, and, you know, Tang and his staff, you know, they recruit guys that they know can play and can play well um, and that fit into to the system and the scheme and, and that are coachable um, and, and that want to get better each and every day and want to bring uh, everything that they have. And so, you know, they have the, the utmost confidence in, in all the guys, you know, and, and no matter who, who they put out, out there, they have confidence in them. Um, but it's still, the, you know, as a player, it's still your responsibility to go in there and, and, and do everything you can do to play well, to continue um, to, to, to keep that confidence that the coaches have in you high, you know. And, and so for, for Dorian, um, you know, he has to continue to play well. You know, one of the things you think about, he's a redshirt freshman, so he's been in it for a year, right? I mean, he's even though he didn't play last year, he's he's been in uh, the system for a year, right? I mean, it's, it's a long season, um, you know, for, for a true freshman, you know, in high school, it's just not as grueling, you know, and, and you don't play um, the same type of competition. And even practice-wise, it's not as hard as it is every single day. And so naturally what you see with, with true freshmen is, is there's some ups and downs. There's ebbs and flows within the season. Um, there's times, you know, they might start off really well, and then as they get into the grind of the season, you know, they, they have a dip, and then they got to kind of find their way a little bit, and then they start playing well again, you know. And so for Dorian, he, he's been through it, um, and so you kind of expect him to, to step out there and have, you know, a little bit more confidence, a little bit more feel uh, to what's going on. And obviously his body is, is probably a little bit uh, stronger and ready for, for the physicality and uh, night in, night out, just because he's been in it for a year. So I think that's what we're seeing right now. Before we take a break, um, Clint, how, how would you – how would you grade the the first two games in conference player two and oh, so it should just be an A plus, right? But obviously, you know, turnovers, I'm sure there's some foul, you know, all this stuff here and there that you want to get better at if you're Jerome Tang. So how would you grade the first two games? Um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is uh, defensively has been good. You know, and I, I think uh, as we've seen, you know, offensively in a in few games we've lost um, throughout the season, uh, you know, we haven't shot the ball well. Um, you know, and so we have to just remember that defensively we have to be great. And, and so far in these first two games, I think we've done that. You know, you think about West Virginia, they, they shot the ball pretty well against us in the first half. And second half, we came out and put the clamps on them, uh, which is really good and, and, you know, held them to about 30% shooting in the second half. And so um, I think from a defensive standpoint, that's been good. Um, offensively, you know, we're, we're making some shots and, and, and doing some good things. Um, you know, I've always mentioned, you know, turnovers are, are really important. Uh, for us, um, you know, we got we have to limit turnovers, especially limit transition uh, opportunities for the other teams. So live ball turnovers, um, and then against West Virginia, you know, we had 17 points off turnovers. They had five. So even though we had 13, you know, it didn't turn into um, offensive opportunity for the other team. You know, and so that's really important for us. So I think so far from you know pro- probably a B B plus in that area. We can always get better, um, and then we got to continue to rebound. And you know, we've been out rebounding our opponents. That that thing is that's been great. You know, and so. Um, 
you know, in the Big 12, usually the team that, that can get more rebounds and the team that can get to the free throw line, um, the team that can defend ends up winning, you know. And so um, those are the things we got to continue to focus on and, and hopefully do ups in our next game against Tech. We'll talk about that game here in just a moment on the Friday Shootaround. He is Clint Stewart. I am Ryan Gilbert. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back in here to the Friday Shoot Around. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is former Wildcat, and he is also the former coach of K-State signee David Castillo, who was recently, Clint, um, named to Team USA for uh, Nike Hoop Summit. Uh, and Jerome Tang, I asked him about this yesterday, um, just the the impact that he has, right? You look at what that team did with uh, – the Team USA did with Castillo, right? They're winning like every game, and then they don't have him because of his injury, uh, and they don't win, right? So before we talk about K-State hoops, I mean, how, how happy are you for your, your, former, your former player? Yeah, very happy. You know, it was awesome to see and, and, and obviously nominated for McDonald's All-American as well. And I'm hoping that he, he gets that opportunity. Um, you know, I had a chance to, to speak with him over the break. Um, he was able to, to, to come home and, and, and obviously get some time here in, in Bartlesville. And um, he's doing, he's, you know, he's having a great time. He's doing doing really well. Um, the opportunity of playing against, you know, high-level athletes night in, night out uh, has been really good for him. I think it's going to set him up um, and hopefully step into K-State and, and be ready for, um, you know, the, the speed of the game, uh, the transition of, all right, you know, there's six, seven that I got to try to get around or shoot it over. Um, so, so hopefully it's, it's all good for him. And, and like I said, he's, he's doing well. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just thrilled, you know, and every, each time I see him, he's got, he's gotten bigger, which is good, you know, and stronger. <laughs> um, you know, I think he could probably uh, finally beat me in one-on-one now. So, so that's obviously a plus. <laughs> and so uh, no, but he's, he's great. And uh, it's good to see him uh, continue to succeed. Future of K-State basketball is very bright with him uh, coming in next season, but looking at Texas tech uh, coming up on Saturday, uh, I, I think the, the the leading storyline heading into this game is Grant McCasland, right? And the connections with Tang and, you know, him being the former coach of Tyler Perry. Does that give K-State an advantage uh, to know what he's going to do as a coach? Or does that give Texas Tech an advantage to kind of know the tendencies of Tyler Perry and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, it, it obviously gives, you know, Texas Tech, uh, you know, coaches a little bit of advantage. I mean, I know, um, you know, what, what Tyler's capabilities are. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think Tyler's uh, a little bit different player than, than what he was at North Texas. And so, um, you know, they have to adjust it to how he's playing and how, how 
you know, Coach Tang is using him within within his system. Uh, but it should be a good one. You know, I know it's fun for 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 Tang to uh, have the opportunity to to obviously uh, go to Tech, you know, play play against Tech and and, and Coach McCaslin, and, and it's fun for Perry to have the opportunity to play against his former coach. Um, I'm sure he's looking forward to it. And, and, and even though they might not talk a lot about it, you know, there's always a you know for for Perry, there's there's a man, we got to win this game. You know, we got to win this game, and um, you, you know because uh, you know it's obviously playing against his former coach, and so it should be fun. I know Perry's going to be excited to, to play well. You know, I hope he comes out with uh, great energy, and I hope his shots fall, and, and obviously continue doing the things he's doing to get other people open as well, and uh, has a good game. It's tech. We've talked about um, the the slower pace that Perry was playing in last season, and so that's not been the case for Texas Tech at all. Uh, with Grant McCasland, right? I, I know it's a different team, different program, but it's still the same head coach. They're averaging almost 80 points a game this season. So does that change surprise you that Texas Tech is now, I guess McCasland has changed from being more of a slower-paced coach to now kicking things up a notch? Is, is that just what it takes to win in the Big 12, being able to adjust? Yeah, I think, you know, as a coach, uh, you know, going into each season, you kind of adjust – um, to the players that you have, you know, and, and kind of what's best for the team that you have. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, looking at, you know, you know, Tech's capabilities of being able to get out and push the basketball and score in transition. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, he kind of reassessed, you know, maybe what he even maybe was comfortable with from an offensive standpoint and said, hey, what makes sense for our team and our players? Um, and, and, and so, you know, it's playing a little bit faster. Now, what, normally what you see happen is, you know, you can play uh, – quite a bit faster during non-conference play and then you get into big 12 play and, and things slow down a little bit just because it becomes more physical um, teams have you know all the scouting and then play calls that, that, that you run and so typically you know teams that are scoring 80 you know early on you know they get a big 12 and they're they're more in the 60s um, so I kind of expect that you know we'll, we'll see how the game goes but um, you know I think our defense will, will will do a good job against them and then kind of keep keep them you know hopefully in the 60s or 70s and then obviously have the opportunity to go win. How important are the coaches in the Big 12? Um, I was having a conversation with, with somebody about this recently. Like, you look at West Virginia, and with all due respect to Josh Eilert, you know, he's he's awesome. You know, he's former K-Stater. You know, can't say enough good things about him, but, you know, let's be real. He's he's not a Power 5 coach, right? And the staff that he's put together was kind of a makeshift group, and that's not necessarily a Power 5 coaching staff. And so they've got talent on their team. I, I think, you know, Raekwon Battle, we saw him last year against Montana State in the NCAA tournament. That guy can hoop, right? They've got some pieces from the portal. Um, so it's not that they don't have enough talent. So this kind of leads me into my you know, question about, you know, like Jerome Tang, Scott Drew, and Grant McCaslin. Those guys are all 2-0 and in the Big 12 to start, come from the same coaching tree. You know, that's good coaching. And so how important is the X's and O's in the Big 12, getting your guys prepared and ready to play, regardless of who's on your team, right? So if, like, if Clint Stewart was – given the most talented roster, you know, no offense to you, Clint, you're, you're an awesome coach, but you're not a big 12 coach, right? If a, a high school coach was given the most talented group in the country and they went up against, you know, Bill Self, Jerome Tang, whoever that best coach in the big 12 is with the least talented group in the, in the, in the league, who wins that game? How important is the coaching in this league and, and how, how much of a difference does it make? Well, it definitely makes a difference from a uh, preparedness standpoint. You know, you have to get your guys prepared and and ready to play, um, not only mentally and uh, not only physically, but also mentally, um, you know, to be locked into game plans, you know. And so, um, you know, and everyone has a game plan, but but not everyone's game plan is, is the same. 
Um, and, and so from a coaching perspective, you know, you, 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 the, the guys have to buy into what your system is. They have to buy into what your game planning is, um, you know, and you have to get them to, to lock in and really play together. You know, I think what you see now is, you know, even if you have, you know, a really talented team and you bring them in from maybe you get a bunch of transfers that come, come in, you know, it's, it's how do you get them to, to fall into roles to play together, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think that's a challenge. And, and not only just, you know, for, for, uh, you know, maybe for West Virginia and Coach Eilert, but um, just, just in general from, from a college perspective, especially with the transfer portal, the, the way it is now. So um, coaching can, can definitely make a difference. It still falls back, though. I mean, you got to get the right guys um, that, that, that buy into the system and the right guys that, that understand that winning is, is the utmost important. Um, and then as they fall into roles, they can kind of see where they can uh, or what they can do to impact the game to play well. So now you have guys that are, all right, you're, you know, you're our main scorer and this is how we need you to score the basketball. Okay. Okay, you know, your job is, is to rebound. And if you score, that that's great. Like, we, we need you to look for those opportunities, but we don't need you going and trying to get the ball and scoring it every single time because that's not your role. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be hard to have those conversations with players and for players to accept that, you know. And, and so um, I, I think that that's probably the challenge, and that's what the coach's job uh, and, you know, and the coaching staff, that's what their job is. Um, and then that's how you get the teams to play really well and so um, I think Tang's obviously done a tremendous job in that we saw that last year um, you're bringing in you know a, a team uh, people might say a team of, of misfits you know and, and, and kind of coming <laughs> in and bringing them all together and, and figuring out okay how can we play our best and you said even this year with you know the multiple uh, transfers that we have coming in obviously freshmen coming in and getting those guys to gel um, and, and the culture that's there so they all realize that it's not about me it's about we you know and I think that that's the challenge that coaches have uh, today. I mean, this happened against West Virginia. It seems like every game coming out of a timeout, K-State is able to get a free two points, and that's all coaching, whether that's something they drew up a minute ago in the timeout or if that's something they saw in the film room. Okay, hey, let's go to this now. That's coaching, right? And that does make a difference. Those two points here and there, I mean, those can be the difference makers in games. Yeah, definitely, and and, and I'm sure from a – um, film perspective, you know, those coaches saw certain things in film that they thought they could exploit. Um, and the, but then it, it's on the players, you know, and in that trust uh, that the players have in the coaches that what they're telling them, okay, let's go execute this. And then they got to go out and execute, you know. And so that goes into the buy-in of, um, you know, we believe what the coaches are, are telling us. And, and, and it's not about myself. It's about what's best for the team. And, you know, as a coach, you can draw up the best – the best play call to my guys this all the time. I can call timeout and drop the best play call to get a wide open layup. But if we can't make the pass to get the layup or we can't make the layup, then it, it doesn't mean anything, you know? And so uh, the players still have to go out there and execute it. And, and you know, they got to buy into what the coaches are saying. And then obviously CK state is doing that. And so it's been good. I know your play calls are always great. If it doesn't work <laughs> out, it's on the players. It's not the coaches fault ever, ever. All right. Right. Um, how important is this game? For Kansas State against Texas Tech, you win this, you're 3-0. and And, you know, we talked about West Virginia and UCF. Those are great wins, but let's be real. You know, neither one of those two teams is as hot as Texas Tech is right now. They're sort of finding their groove, entering Big 12 play. Um, when are this game's 3-0? and And, you know, the rearview mirror, like you look back, okay, you know, whatever happened in the non-conference, you know, it is what it is. You know, K-State has lost three games, right? Um, but to go three and zero to start off Big Twelve play, I mean that's just so much momentum that you have uh, heading into the thick of, of Big Twelve play. Yeah, and it, it is important, and, and and you know not to diminish any team in the Big Twelve, but 
But we know that, um, you know, we look at UCF, look at West Virginia. I mean, th- those are good wins for us, uh, but but they're not KU, right? They're not OU who's playing really well. Um, they're not Baylor, right? And so we have all these teams, you know, coming down the stretch that are obviously better basketball teams that, that we're going to have to face. Um, and, and so Texas Tech is another one where, you know, we need to go in with confidence and, and we really need to get the win um, because um, it's not going to get any, uh, definitely not going to get any easier, you know, as you keep moving on in, in the Big 12. Um, and so for us, you know, we've got to come in with the right mindset if you can start three and zero, that just uh, puts you, um, at, you know, at, at the forefront of, of the Big Twelve, um, and, and gives you the opportunity that you know, as you know, when you go on the road and you go like going to Lawrence, right? It's a hard place to win, um, you, you know. And so uh, you go into the right mindset for that game and go in to win. But if you don't, you know, you got to set yourself up um, early, like we are now. You know, so if you do drop one late, that it doesn't hurt you as much. You know, when it comes to the standings in the Big Twelve, so um, it's a big game for us. And then, like I said, hopefully we can pull out the win. K-State has three uh, back-to-back road games in in Big 12 play. The next one will happen later in January, and the last one will be in March. And so, I mean, this is tough. You know, you go out to Morgantown, you know, you got to fly in to one of the smaller airports, and then you got to, like, drive an hour to Morgantown. Um, It was snowing. K-State got there on Sunday, and that game was on Tuesday. So they were on the road for a while. And then you go down to Lubbock. I mean, that's a complete opposite, you know, part of the country. I mean, this is going to take a toll on this team but again that backs up the point of you know going through that you know you know getting past that obstacle going two and oh in that road trip right you know i know they treat every game like you know like it's its own season which kind of backs up the point earlier of you know guys stepping up on on given nights right like every game is its own season um so but back to the point here Back-to-back road games—that's not easy. And so, if K-State, that just further backs up this point that if they can, if they can steal one in Lubbock, I mean, not only are you two and zero in the Big Twelve on the road, but you went two and zero in this tough, uh, you know, tough road stretch. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's important. And winning on the road is hard, you know, and, and so. Um, you know, just because of the, the travel that, that's obviously there that you have to do. And, and then um, going into uh, another, um, you know, another arena and, and, the, and the crowd and the fan and just a place you might not be used to, to playing at. Um, and especially when you talk about, you know, bringing in, you know, um, transfers, right? So we have multiple guys that haven't played in the Big 12, um, you know, and so they're not even familiar with, you know, Texas Tech's floor. I've never been. We've never played here before, right? So kind of overcoming that and understanding the surroundings and just getting comfortable in that can, can be tough. And and so it, it'll be big for us. You know, if we can get this win um, on the road, uh, you know, at Tech, a hard place to play, a hard place to, to go win, um, that can obviously boost us uh, down the road. You know, one of the things I kind of just mentioned is, you know, not being familiar with playing at, at certain places. You know, when you talk about, uh, you think about KU going to UCF and then obviously losing at UCF. I was talking to one of my buddies about this. I said, he's a big KU fan, by the way. And I, and I said, yeah, uh, we were joking can't about be your it. buddy. Yeah, I know. Can't be your I know. Buddy. We, we, we were joking about it. And, uh, you know, because I was letting him know, well, K-State beat UCF by 25. And, and then obviously KU loses on the road at UCF. But uh, one of the differences there is UCF comes to Manhattan. They've never played, you know, you know, th- those kids on that team have never played in Manhattan, Kansas, right? So they get in that atmosphere and, it, and it's just different. It's, it's, everything's kind of new and, and uncertain, right? And so we have the advantage in that situation. KU goes to UCF, right? They've never played, you know, those players have never played on at UCF and on that floor. Um, and so they can, they're kind of looking around and just trying to get comfortable with, you know, the situation, the floor, um, and, you know, and so it gives UCF the advantage. And so I think we're going to see a lot of that, especially now in the Big 12, when you're, 
you know, talk about we added UCF, added Houston, added BYU. Um, you know, it's a lot of teams that these guys, just, they've never played in these different places versus, you know, the normal Big 12 teams where it's like, all right, if you have a junior, uh, sophomore, junior, okay, I've already played here. I've played here at, at, at Texas. I've played here at Texas Tech. I've played here at Manhattan. I play, you know, so you're just you're already familiar with the surroundings. And so, um, you, you know, I think that can uh, definitely be a difference maker, you know, this season in certain games that happened in the Big 12. But we're going to have to go down and, and like I said, our guys are going to have to get comfortable quick and, and, and go out and play well and then beat Tech on the road. Baylor comes to Manhattan on Tuesday. Uh, again, K-State, you know, Jerome Tang going up against Scott Drew. Another storyline there, but uh, I guess, you know, I know all the focus right now is on Texas Tech, but you know, the next time we speak, uh, this Baylor game will have already been played. So just your thoughts on, on, this, on this matchup against the Bears before we wrap up. Yeah, um, it's going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm glad it's at home uh, for our first one. You know, obviously, um, I know uh, Coach Tang mentioned last year, you know, it's always tough playing uh, Coach Drew and, and just the respect that, that he has for him and, and in both ways. And, um, you know, it's it's almost a um, – you, know, you, you want to win, but you know, I'm sure, you know, there, there's also the, the friendship there between the two. Um, and, and it's going to be tough, you know, and like I said, this is the stretch, of, you know, you're in the Big 12 now, so every game is tough. You know, Baylor's always a team that's playing, they're always playing well, and Scott Drew always has his guys humming and, and doing the things that they need to do to go win, um, you know, but for us, you know, we're sitting at 11-3, and three. if we can get to 12-3, and three, uh, I'm sorry, 12-3, and three, uh, get to 13-3, uh, uh, and three, uh, you know, after this next game against Tech, and then, then obviously, and we get to fourteen and three. I'm sure we'll be ranked by then. So, uh, and so hopefully, um, you know, we can get these next two wins and then keep moving. I know this isn't the standard that you want to set for your program, but if you go one and one over these next two, you're probably okay with that, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's a tough stretch, and, and like I said, anytime you're on the road, it's definitely hard to, to win. So we got to go to Tech with that right mindset, and then Baylor is, is obviously a great team. And um, but at the same time, you know, in the Big Twelve, the, one of the biggest things you have to do is protect your home court. Um, and so, um, you know, we do, you know, at, at the very least, we want to go one and one. Obviously, we're shooting to go two and zero, and that means going one and zero on Saturday, one and zero on Tuesday, and, and, and that's what we're shooting for. All right, Clint, we'll be back here next week. Hopefully we're breaking down two wins for Kansas State. If not, we'll talk about what went wrong in those games. But, uh, Clint, I appreciate your time as always, man. These are always so much fun. And we, we went a few weeks without it, but I think from now until the end of the season, this will be a weekly show. All right, sounds good. appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.